Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our buddy Gary D'Amato. Gary, how you been? I've been I've been well, Bill. How about you? We're doing okay. Um, this is I, I think I saw your your it was a Facebook post maybe where you're not going to be at the Masters this year. This is kind of breaking a streak for you, right? Yeah, twenty seven consecutive Masters, Bill. Streak comes to an end. All things must come to an end, I guess. But I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. But given given what's going on in the world, I certainly understand that they're having a very very small media contingent there this year. So let's talk a little bit about the Masters. Weird timing, obviously. No fans. We have seen, uh, you know, some tournaments where you've had a few people walking around, but for the most part, it's been without fans this year. Much like many games that we paid attention to. How, how, how different a year has it been for, we'll say, professional golf? Uh, let's start there first and foremost. Yeah, it's been really, really different. With obviously the a big portion of the schedule being canceled or postponed in the middle of the summer because of the coronavirus, and then all the rescheduling, and we've had you know the British Open was canceled, the Ryder uh, Cup was canceled, and and um, U.S. Open and PGA Championship, um, and now the Masters are all held way later than normal. So it's just been a topsy turvy year as far as the schedule goes. And then you're right, you know, no fans on the course. I think the last event or two. They had um, a limited number of fans, but obviously at the Masters, no fans makes it a gives it a completely different look and feel. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at a lot of the aerial shots and such, and they're going to have a few people there, a few sponsors yeah. there, a few volunteers there, but for the most part, you're not going to have the galleries, you're not going to have the crowd. Uh, it really is. It's like a, a bunch of guys going out on a Sunday morning and just <laughs> kind of you know playing golf together, isn't it? It's just got a weird feel like that to it. And I think it's really going to affect how a lot of players – play because you know in 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 a normal year when you've got all of 50,000 40,000 fans on the course you hear those huge roars when birdies and eagles are made and uh, you know it de- it definitely affects how players think and how they maybe even how they play depending on you know where they think the roar is coming from and who they think just made a birdie or an eagle I, and now it's going to be silent so there's some there's some leaderboards that are manually operated around the course but there aren't many of them and so players are going to be a little bit in the dark about where they stand, you know, coming down the stretch. So talk about golf in general, the state of golf. I know that when Wisconsin finally opened back up, man, the golf courses were packed. I know some friends of mine have said they've had that are own golf courses and run golf courses. They said it's been a record year because of the social distancing aspect of things. Has golf seen this, you know, personal boom from, from many wannabe and avid golfers out there this season? In some regards, it has seen an enormous boom. Um, like you said, tee times have been filled. Um, courses have reported record numbers of play in you know July, August, September, and probably even October. 
Um, equipment sales through the roof, uh, man, equipment manufacturers reported, you know, third quarter was their biggest ever. But then on the, on the downside, you know, a lot of outings were canceled. A lot of charity events were canceled. The food and beverages is, is way down at most courses. So there's been good and bad. But the good thing is that people have really gotten out and embraced golf and played golf again. What has the viewership been like for some of these tournaments? You know, I haven't really looked at study the Nielsen ratings, but anecdotally, uh, things I've read and heard is that it's been really, really good. Some of these, uh, some of the tournaments, the the uh, the ratings have been really sky high compared to what they had been, of course. But there's, you know, for a long time there wasn't any other sports going on. So, you know, anytime golf was on TV, it had a sort of a captured audience. So, yeah, ratings have been really good. So let's talk about some of the contenders in this tournament. We've seen a guy like Phil Mickelson win it. Obviously, Tiger, the defending champion, who held the uh, champions' dinner last night. Uh, you've got uh, other guys at uh, DeChambeau, who everybody's talking about. Brooks Kepka coming back from surgery. You got plenty of guys, uh, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm. I mean, there's plenty of guys that could win this thing. So let's talk about the course and talk about the likelihood of one of these guys walking away with a green jacket. Yeah, you know the Masters. Uh is almost always won by someone in the top 30 in the world ranking. There have been a few exceptions in the last 25 years. Danny Willett maybe was one. Trevor Immelman was another. Um, But those guys were on top of their games when they came to Augusta. They were playing very well, but they were surprise winners. But um, for the most part, it's been, you know, it's guys, you look at the top 10, 15, 20 guys ranked in the world, and you expect a handful of those guys to, to be in contention. Some of the guys you mentioned, Bryson DeChambeau, Everybody's watching him. Dustin Johnson ranked number one in the world. Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas. You can just go right down the list of the top players, and you expect some of them to uh, to contend for sure. Gary, has the world of golf and professional golf, for some of the drives that we've seen this year that are approaching 400 yards, has golf now professionally just completely gotten away from the average golfer? Because some of these numbers that guys are putting up, it used to be you'd hit a 300-yard drive, you were the man, and now they're yeah. approaching 400. I, it's it's just has has the technology just advanced to where it's just outgrown some of these courses? Um, I would say yes and no to that question. It's a complicated issue. Bryson DeChambeau is taking things to the next level, but he is all in on this distance thing. I mean, he he doesn't have he's not married, he doesn't have children, he doesn't have business interests, he's not designing golf courses, just maximizing his golf game is all that he's doing right now. And he's sort of an outlier. Yes, other guys are really long. Matthew Wolf is long. You know, Mickelson still hits it a long way for a 50-year-old guy. But by and large, I mean, the distance has crept up. Um, I think what could be the game changer is DeChambeau going to this 48-inch driver, and now Phil Mickelson is experimenting with a long driver. Once these guys who hit a 310 or 320 start adding three inches to their driver shaft length they're going to be hitting at 370 and 380 and then then things then i think you have to really take a serious look at everything yeah i was going to say that's what uh, that you see in those long drive competitions these guys using these almost look like fishing rods that they're hitting the ball <laughs> with getting that getting that snap effect and and dri- but then again it also boy if you hit it errantly oh my goodness you not only hit it far but you hit it much <laughs> much farther out of bounds than anybody ever could have imagined too so there's a pro and a con to that yeah, and that's what—that's the amazing thing about Bryson DeChambeau is he's fairly his shot dispersion, his wildness factor, I guess you could say, is is not that bad considering how far he hits it. I think if you start getting 
you know, most other guys, if they start trying to hit a 380, they're going to hit it a lot more crooked than Bryson is hitting it. So I think that's one thing that people have overlooked is, yes, he's hitting these monster drives, but but a lot of them are, are in, in the fairway or at least in play where he can get, you know, where he's got an 80-yard wedge shot into the greens. Talking with Gary D'Amato, senior writer for Wisconsin.Golf and the author of A Perfect Childhood Growing Up in the 1960s with Baseball Beatles and Beaver Cleaver. Um, I did want to ask you about the book. Where where did the title come from? Just because of your era, your age, obviously the Beatles were huge. Uh, Leave it to Beaver was huge. But uh, but no mention of golf in the title, though. Yeah, you know, uh, I grew up in the 60s, didn't really play golf until I got to high school, and uh, I'm hoping this book appeals to baby boomers who probably had very similar experiences to the ones that I had, you know, growing up in St. Francis, Wisconsin. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote a few chapters a while ago, Bill, and then my, my father passed away in June, and I just it sort of incentivized me to finish the book. And I mostly wrote it for my kids and grandkids. It's a collection of kind of humorous stories about all the goofy stuff I did and my friends did. And I hopefully people will relate who, uh, you know, grew up in the same time time period. Uh, I do want to get back to uh, the, the world of golf in general. I wanted to ask you, when we were talking about some of these golf courses, these current golf courses, the ones that are maybe being built or thought of, are we are we now seeing courses that are going to be super long, or are we going to see courses that are about maybe 7,000 yards, 6,500 to 7,000 yards, that are still going to remain the same because the technology is advancing so much? That's a really good question. Most Most new courses that I've seen go up in the last few years are not the monstrously long ones. If you look at what's done, at, what's been done at Sand Valley in uh, near Wisconsin Rapids there by the Kaiser family, their courses top out at about 6,800 yards, um, which which was that was long 40 years ago, but it's no longer long as you know. And I think the reason for that is, I think the average Joe when he gets to a 15 handicapper has no interest in playing a 7,200 yard course that with bunkers all over and greens that are impossible to putt. I think we've We've gone full circle on that, and I think architects and golf course owners are trying to make the game fun again to get more people to play. But if you're going to build a course for a PGA Tour event or for, especially for a major championship like Aaron Hills, then yes, then you better be looking at 8,000 yards. Is that where they can stretch Aaron Hills out to? Because I know that Aaron, and there's nothing else other than the Ryder Cup next year on the docket for Wisconsin, but is that where they can stretch Aaron Hills out to? Yeah, Aaron Hills can go to around 8,000 yards. Um, I think it played at around 7,700 for the U.S. Open a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, there's still room on most of those tees to go back another 15, 20 yards um, if they need it. And who knows, maybe at some point if DeChambeau shows up hitting at 420, they're going to have to go all the way back there. And then going into the Ryder Cup next year, I did want to ask you about this as well. So right now, everything is on. Nothing has changed. They just pushed it back one year. They're hoping, obviously, for the fans. But has everything remained the same up in Kohler? I mean, did they, they didn't even really start to build the hospitality tents in the city because uh, there was so much uncertainty, right? That's right, Bill. They didn't, they didn't start any of the infrastructure. They did put down these – they scraped some mounds away and put down gravel beds for the, for the corporate hospitality and tents. But then they just cover the, the gravel beds back up with the mounds again, um, with bulldozers, you know. So uh, once again, next year when the Ryder Cup does come, hopefully, that they'll just scrape those mounds off. The gravel beds will be there, and they'll be able to put the tents up right away. But uh, other than that, yeah, everything has pretty much been the, been the same up there. Even the logo, all the merchandise um, going forward is going to say 2020 Ryder Cup, even though um, it's going to be held in 2021. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. Do they have to change all the? I guess they didn't. They they didn't change any of the marketing or logoing or anything like that, right? Yeah, they probably made you know millions and millions of dollars of logo merchandise, and they can't scrap that all. You know, I suppose they could send it to China or something. You know, but but no, right. they've got so many millions of dollars worth invested in in uh, in merchandise that they're just going to sell it as twenty twenty stuff in the year twenty twenty one. Who are you picking to win the Masters uh, starting tomorrow? You know, I I got I can't pick an outlier. I've got to go with a favorite. I've got to go with DJ Dustin Johnson, ranked number one in the world. Great track record at Augusta. Um, you know, DeChambeau, he's the hot pick. Everyone likes him, but I'm going to go with DJ. All right, buddy. We appreciate it, and uh, we're going to talk again real soon, I'm sure, as well, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, a perfect childhood growing up in the 1960s with baseball, the Beatles, and Beaver Cleaver. That is the book. Gary D'Amato, senior writer for Wisconsin.Golf and, and the author of that particular book. You can find that book anywhere, uh, Amazon and all that kind of good stuff, anywhere books are sold. A perfect childhood growing up in the 1960s with baseball, Beatles, and Beaver Cleaver. And you can find him on Twitter at Gary D'Amato Golf. Gary D'Amato Golf. He joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.